This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, let's head back to the phones. Let's do it. Rob is in Queens. What's up, Rob? Hey, fellows. Gordon, Larry, thanks for having me on again. And uh, shout out to the sweet young lady that she was very welcoming on the phone. But um, as far as the Brooklyn Nets go, I really hope this is a wake-up call to owners and general managers that that top 15 player, top 10 player, they're great to have on your team playing basketball for you. But that's where it ends. When it comes to roster and staff building, it, they can have a little say, but everything. Because case in point, who are the worst two teams in the league? The Lakers and the Nets. Both teams allow their superstars to have way too much say in who they bring in on the staff and build the roster with. And now look where that got them. And then these players didn't want to take any accountability for it. And I, like I said, top 15 players, sure, they're great. You need them to win championships, but it, it's not worth it. The Nets had something great going with, with Marks, Atkinson, and all those boys that was just making noise in the playoffs and having a great time and really bringing a buzz to rival the Knicks. And, you know, you, you got sucked in by this bozo, Kyrie, and I feel so sorry for Kevin Durant because the man just wants to play basketball. That's all he wants to do. But um, thanks for taking my call, guys. Take it easy. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the phone call. I will say this. There are some superstars where things do work out. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but you gave two court, two cases where it has not. And I do think that there has to be some constraint. And, Gordon, I think part of that constraint, and I'm very interested, and I've said this before, about how this next bargaining agreement session is coming up with the NBA and the Players Association. Because this, you know, resting and the power and all this other stuff, I think there's going to be uh, some discussion and some some adjustments to it. Uh, because, you know, it's it's players being able to force their way out of the teams and doing certain things. And listen, I'm all for uh, being more being able to have more of a say in where you take your trade. But Gordon, the way it's been done has not been good. And I know some people say, well, you know, what's the difference? You know, general managers can trade each other, trade players, and it's the same thing. How come players can't do it? Well, because players don't always have the same information that general managers do. Players want to play with their boys. And sometimes you find out. You know what? You know what's interesting, Gordon? You find out sometimes that your best friend is cool, but then when you work with them, it's like. Yeah, it's not the same thing, right? It's not the same thing. It's different. It's a difference. It's a difference. And and just to, you know, let's not have revisionist history. The Nets, the way they built things up before Kyrie and KD got here, they were two games over 500 and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yep. Like, at some point, they needed to go out and get some star power. Yes. The NBA is a star-driven league. That's why the players have as much power as they do because it's very hard to get those guys. There's There were a lot of organizations that would have been willing to fall all over themselves to get Kevin Durant and take on Kyrie Irving in the process. The Knicks certainly, if the Knicks could have gotten that chance, they would have taken that chance. There's a mm-hmm. lot of organizations that would. It's that things have gone sideways because Kyrie, all his worst attributes before he got here have only gotten worse since he's gotten here. No question about it. DJ's in Stony Point. DJ, you're next on 98. Hey, guys. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, just wanted to say that with Kyrie and KD, Kyrie got his chip in 2016. KD got his rings. I just think, honestly, it's mainly Kyrie, but both of them, they just don't care. 
like they don't care about winning on the court, off the court. They don't really care anymore. But uh, that's just – I'm not even a Nets fan. That's just from my outside view. Just looking in, just like – just the way they look on the court. If they mess up, throw their hands in the air. Not a lot of caring, I feel like, on their end. But, but thanks, guys. All right, DJ. Uh, Gordon, I'm going to say this. Um, maybe Kyrie, I don't think KD is like that at all. I think it bothers him. Now, what hurts him is what he said during the during the summer. But I think he is a guy that just wants to play basketball, Gordon. That's, that, that, that's who he is. That's who he's always been. So I think it bothers him. And Gordon is going to – this is attached to him. Oh, okay, absolutely. This whole situation is absolutely. attached to him. In a large part, not just Kyrie, it's attesting him too. So, Absolutely. you know, he wanted to leave Golden State so he could have his own team and show what he could do. All the people jumped on him. Oh, you joined the team that won 73 games. And, yeah, you won with them and blah, blah, blah. So he leaves them and comes to, to you know, try to help the Nets out. And this has not worked. This has been – boy, talk about a bad decision. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, one disaster after another. And it really uh, – a lot of it, I think, has been because of who he vouched for. Yeah. Right, he vouched for Kyrie Irving. He he wanted to team up with Kyrie Irving. That was his guy that he wanted to go. He wanted to leave ba- basketball paradise to go play with Kevin uh, with uh, Kyrie Irving. I mean, that is in, ter- in terms of all time bad decisions. That's that's high up on the list. It's right there. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on ninety eight seven. Always appreciate to talk to my two guys. You know, definitely don't take any of these opportunities to talk for granted because I know how tenuous this medium could be. And I love Why? What'd you hear? That's <laughs> scary. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You know, Papa Large told me to give y'all his love, too. He, he said he couldn't stay up tonight to give y'all a call. Um, Listen, Spy. you know, the chickens came home to roost with the Nets. I mean, we spoke about this a thousand times last year, even last week. You know, uh, I'm a 51-year-old black guy from the hood. <laughs> I support Kyrie. You know what I support him? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I mean, please, I support Kyrie. What the hell was that guy? Like, dude, you know, I hate when people, like, try to say something and they do that passive-aggressive. You know, listen, bro, just be like, yo, listen, hello, I'm 50 years old, I'm a racist. I mean, like, just stop it, bro. Like, that, that, that call was ridiculous. All right? But anyway, man, you know, the only thing worse is when you're going to see that uh, Ume Yudoka, uh Eugenics Total T commercial with uh <laughs> with the big hurt and Doug Flutie and you're gonna see him talking oh, about yeah no. and she'll like it too. Oh I mean no. please stop it. I mean come on these guys. Do you are you actively trying to get us fired here? <laughs> stop. That's not me. That's that guy that cool, man. No, you're you're like Kyrie. You're blaming everybody else. <laughs> I'm just telling you what he said, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Uncle's talking about Kyrie getting traded to the Warriors. You know, they got a culture there. I think their culture is a little bit under shock, too, after this Draymond punch. I don't know if you saw what he needs, that kid Jalen Ivey in the face the other day. You know, I mean, listen, and nobody on the team says anything to him. You know, the worst thing in the world is when you got an aging player, and I don't even want to call him a superstar because he's not a superstar, but he was an aging, like, pivotal player. On the, I mean, good Lord, you know, they want to get rid of him. And he's another guy. We, I mean, luckily his deal runs out. I mean, you can't trade him anyway. But anyway, man, you know, only thing I wanted to pick a bone with you about Gordon was, um, was you know, the way you talk about your quarterback, man. I mean, you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, first of all, I remember we, we first got into that uh, little spirited debate about Josh Allen. Uh, you know, I hate to say I told you so, but I mean, he looks pretty good right now, bro. But, 
you know, you, you with this tour, man, like, I don't know what it is you don't like about him. Well, he gets I, I mean, he, I, I he doesn't really have the body to is. play in the NFL. The guy gets hurt all the time. He, he When he entered the NFL, he was coming off a catastrophic hip injury, and it's always been one thing or another. He has the, the ability to play in the NFL. Obviously, he has the talent to play in the NFL. But I just don't think that he is going to be with, able to withstand. Look at the size of him. And it's not uh, like listen, listen. it's not I like he's a dynamic athlete either that can run around, you know what I mean, like can get out of harm's way or anything like that. I just don't think that he has the body to be able to withstand it. Listen, I'll agree with you that injuries are a concern, but that's not the stuff that you were saying. You said last night, all right, Tyreek Hill is the MVP of the league. He I is. mean, isn't Waddle doing well as well? So yeah, why is that? Can't do anything without somebody getting them the ball. I know, but, but I mean, why? Why do you think Waddle is all, always open now? Because Tyreek Hill has dub, is double covered, and he's still catching. Pa- I mean, look at what Tyreek Hill has done so far this year. And yeah, I'm watching the, the games. The guy's offense, always open. Listen, look at the way your offense looked when Tua was out of there. Oh, well, I mean, they were playing with yeah, a, I mean, a, come a, on. a, a, a seventh listen, round he, rookie. I mean that's a that's a pretty little, big drop off. But we got to you got to give a man credit where credit is due. Look, He's I, a give good credit. I give him credit. I give him credit. And he might have a short lifespan, but I mean you making it seem like he was trash, bro. Like I mean, come on. He, Listen, I'm you, not saying listen, he's trash, but I mean he's, he's, he does not year, have. You would rather have Zach Wilson? No, I never tour. said that. Yes, I never no, said yes, that. Did. Yes, no, did. I did not. Yes, I never did. said I'd no, rather no, have no, Zach no, Wilson. You, that is a hundred percent. You are like Kyrie Irving now. You are just you making said things I would up. Rather have Zach That's Wilson. That's not true. I never true. said. Yes, that. you did. No, Kyrie. Zach Wilson's hurt too. Why would I want him? Go to the archives. You said I don't it. have access you to the archives. The There's no the season, chance I ever said season. I would rather have Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> There's right. no chance I'd rather have Zach Wilson. All right, Buddha, thanks for the phone call. Look at him. He just stirs up trouble everywhere he goes. He's like Kyrie Irving, that guy. <sighs> this was a rare night for Buddha. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was working on some material. <laughs> he's working for a show. Yeah. That's what he's doing. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. It's ESPN New York tonight. Hardenstein Damer till midnight. Time for our fantasy football segment where Gordon Damer helps you out, focuses in on melding and molding your team, makes you the general manager that makes your team even better. Gordon, how's your team doing? Uh, well, I got a win last week. All right, there we it's go. Still not, it's still not. It's still look. We we're basically, you know, when teams get into a situation where like it's the playoffs now. I'm in the playoffs now mode. I have to basically run the table, mm-hmm. Jim Fossil style. I'm pushing all my chips into the center of the table, and we'll see what we can do. All right. Well, good luck with that. So here's our first question: Who's the guy everybody wants this week now, Gordon, with all the movement and stuff? Well, you know, usually every week when you get to waiver, waiver Wire Wednesday, there's a guy that everybody's kind of jockeying for. If you got a, a budget of money, you have to figure out how much you're going to spend. i got to be honest with you. For week nine, I, it depends on the league that you're in and how competitive the league is. I kind of look at it. I don't really see that there's a guy out there that I'm saying, man, you got to have that guy. You know, most of the guys are already picked up at this point. There's not been any big injuries that have come along. Mm-hmm. You know, Deontay Foreman was a guy with Carolina this past week who's put up a lot of yardage. He got a couple of touchdowns as well, so that was big. But I, there's not really that one guy for week nine 
you know, maybe if you need a, a tight end for for uh, bye week or something like that, Tyler Conklin's a guy that might be out there in some leagues. But, mo- you know, it really kind of depends on your league. But I would say overall there's not really that one guy that I say, boy, week nine, I got to get that guy. That guy's going to be a league winner. No Zach Wilson, the quarterback for you, huh, this week? Well, look, week that's nine. a way you could go. That's a way you could – if you want, you could always find the defense that's playing Zach Wilson if he's going to play like he did on Sunday. That'll help you out. <laughs> so with all the trades today, Gordon, how does that impact fantasy? I don't, you know, it might impact some guys on teams that traded away guys, like uh, uh, Claypool getting traded by the Steelers. Maybe that opens up some more opportunities for Pat Fryermuth. Because it wasn't like Chase uh, Claypool was doing a whole lot with the Steelers anyway. But, you know, taking away some targets a game, maybe he gets more of an opportunity now. Maybe with the Lions moving Hawkinson, maybe some guys pick up some more opportunities there. You know, there's only so many footballs to go around. Maybe that's the way that it impacts. But I don't really look at anybody uh, benefiting all that much. Maybe Justin Fields with Chase Claypool. But Chase Claypool really has not been all that good. He's one of those guys that's got all the measurables but is not really able to make those measurables count in any meaningful way in games. Maybe a change of scenery will help him there. Is he or Hawkinson or the linebacker that you got for Miami, are they possibly the guy that was traded that was most intriguing to what they can do for their team? You know the guy that I think is actually the most intriguing? It's Kadarius Tony. I want to see wow. what he does in, Ca- in Kansas yeah. City. Is, is yeah. he now going to be able to get on the field and make plays, which we saw in small doses last year of him being able to do, or is he going to be a guy that's just continually hurt, never on the field, even with Kansas City? Here's the thing. He – he got a second chance. This is his last chance. If he does yeah. not fire in Kansas City, nobody's going to want to touch that guy because if you can't make it work with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, it won't. It's never going to work. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Those are your fantasy tips for this week in the National Football League. Good luck. Hope you get the right players you need and go for a run as you get winding down, heading for the playoffs. Speaking of heading for the playoffs, Gordon, both local teams still, you know, in the mix. Both of them with, you know, a shot. Yeah. Um, you would think, that, and both of them kind of made moves today. Uh, the Giants didn't. <laughs> but they seem like uh, J- Joe Shane indicated that they might be open to talking to Odell Beckham Jr. Now, he's not available to, I would think, December, Gordon. Is that a... You know, is that a scenario that you think you might they, they might want to roll into? I mean, I just think that that's something that sells papers and gets clicks. You know, Odell's name is certainly an attention thing there, and, and I guess it's meaningful that the, that the Giants would at least be willing to have that conversation. But at the end of the day, I think it's more Odell picking his spot than the spot picking Odell. And I, I don't know that the Giants – well, look, if the Giants keep winning games, maybe – but the, I would think Odell's going to want to go to a Super Bowl contending type team, and it's great what the Giants have done, but I don't think the Giants are a Super Bowl contending type team this year. I agree with you. And, so and they're not going to have a ton of money to spend on them anyway. Absolutely. Well, let's hear what Joe Shane has to say. Joe, would you consider signing OBJ? I had no idea he was in the building until he was out of the building. So, no, obviously, you know, he's been a good player. He's a guy, you know, we would consider and talk to when he's healthy. Uh, I think he did the ACL in in February, so not sure really where he is, you know, physically. But, yeah, any player that will upgrade the roster, we're going to consider and have conversations with their representatives. Did you try to trade for a wideout? Yeah, wide receiver were part of the conversations, but so were, you know, again, we had other, I'm not going to go in every position that we were talking about. Again, we were, we were just trying to add good players, whether it was front line or, or depth players. So the problem is there's there's a lot of teams that are still in it, 
you know, where we are in the season. So not a lot of teams are sellers, you know, teams are banged up. So there's just, there's not a surplus of players that are available. It's a small pool and, you know, it only takes one team to, to outbid you or, or go higher. But where we are receiver wise, again, you know, the guys have played, you know, had good games, bad games, you know, Jacksonville, we'd like to have some of those, those back and, you know, some of those drops, but um, you know, Kenny's hopefully coming back soon. Um, fingers are crossed. He'll be back for, for Houston. So it'd be good to get a look at him again. You know, again, I'm, 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 ho- I'm hopeful for him, you know, against Houston. I'm sorry for snickering, Joe Shane. I'm, I'm sorry. Kenny Galladay, you're looking forward to Kenny Galladay coming back? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why? Yeah. What do you want to look to see? Well, Guarantee it won't be much better. Yeah, it can't be much worse. <laughs> that's for I sure. guess that's, that's the way he's going to look at it, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, Joe, how do, you, how do you look at your team at the bye? I think I said this to you guys in August, like it's going to be overreaction after week one, one way or the other way. It takes four to five weeks, I think, to truly figure out who your team is. And what I'll tell you about our team is, you know, there's a lot of tough dudes that care about each other and love football. I mean, that's that's the only thing. I, I thought we had some tough guys. I knew we had some competitive guys. I knew we had some good players. Just you never know how those guys are going to gel. And when adversity strikes, what's that going to look like? And Daniel's got five fourth quarter comebacks. Now, it, it's a team effort, but, you know, the guys are resilient. They don't give up. You guys have seen the game. We get into the fourth quarter, and we've been able to come out with some wins. So I think the talent is the same. I think the way they gelled is, you know, what was a little bit of an unknown, you know, leaving training camp. You just didn't know how they were going to react in the heat of battle, and I, I think they've done a good job, and they're fun to watch, and they compete for 60 minutes. I'm, I'm really proud of the guys. Sounds like Daniel Jones is going to get a contract for yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that's the way it's lining up, right? Like, everything's kind of lining up that way. He has cut down on his turnovers. He has been efficient. He has made it work even with the, the lack of talent that he has around him. And the fact that the Giants are going to have a ton of holes to fill, they're not going to have a high draft pick, makes you think that they might be able to work out some sort of contract where, you know, they're not going to break the bank on Daniel Jones. They're not going to go all in on Daniel Jones. But I think it's in his best interest to stay here. And I think it's probably in the Giants' best interest to bring him back because I don't know what other options they're going to – if you're saying you're moving off Daniel Jones, you have to have a path to somebody who is clearly better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they're going to have that path given their, their, their money limitations, quarterbacks not really being available, and they're not going to have a very high draft pick. Well, then now they could turn things over to Tyrod Taylor. He's familiar with, uh, you know, the, the Brian Dayball scheme and everything. Mm. I mean, you know, they could do that. Yeah. They could. I don't think they will. No. I mean, I think Daniel Jones has earned it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, oh, no, He's absolutely. He's put, I mean, know. the number one thing that he had to do this off this season was cut down on the turnovers, and he's done that. Now, the other yeah. thing he has to do is stay healthy. And he's done That's that so to be far. Deter- he has done that so far. Mm-hmm. But it's still a long season. It is. It is. Pay that man his money. Yeah, I hear you. I'm not paying him yet, though. I mean, Harvey, wait. you got to wait for the season. Yeah. Are we, yeah. Now, are, we, are we now taking the, the, the Aaron Judge storyline <laughs> and we're just moving it over to Daniel Jones now? Is that what we're going to do? We he hasn't gonna... had that kind of year. No, I know, but like every <laughs> single week, oh, he's going to get a lot of money. I wonder where he's going to go. I, wanna... I would be interested mm-hmm. if Daniel Jones did become a free agent. Is there another team that would go after Daniel Jones? Jets. No. <laughs> no. No. They got their guy. They're oh, yeah? going to live and die with is the that, struggles is... of a young quarterback. This is part okay. of the problem. You know, like, for you know, unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes has warped all our brains because he was so good right away that everybody thinks, well, that's the way it's supposed to look. 
The but to be I fair, he of, sat behind. Right. He sat behind and he came into a playoff team. He came yes, into he a really good team. Yeah. It was unusual. Yes. <laughs> normally, normally when you're drafted that high, they're not that good. No. <laughs> I think that you really kind of, and I'm not saying in any way that this, you know, for two, for, for, for Buddha out there who's taking notes and, and wants to put it down on paper. <laughs> I'm not saying that he will ever be Josh Allen. But if right. you look at how Josh Allen's career started on a rebuilding team, a rebuilding kind of organization, I think that's a little bit more fair. Now, at the end of year two with the Bills and Josh Allen, you started to see the signs, right? He was mm-hmm. completing, I think, almost 59% of his passes. He yes. complete, He had uh, 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Mm-hmm. Zach has got some work to do. He's got some work to do. And and Josh was healthier. Yes, than Zach. he was. Well, so he's he a got bigger more guy. Playing time. Yeah, yes. he got more playing time. And and really, to be fair, he took the next level when Stefan Diggs arrived. Yes, that's when he took the. Now he was not saying he wasn't good, but going before Stefan Diggs, you know how he was in that playoff game. He yes, was he was awful. very shaky. Yep, awful. very shaky. But once you they went out, got him a receiver, and you know that that made the world a difference. And obviously, he opened the field up, and then he he was always a big bruising runner, so mm-hmm. you know he had a little Roethlisberger in him. So and he was tough to bring down, and he enjoys the contact. He like welcome it, let's go, you know. Yeah. So Zach Wilson can't do that. <laughs> that's that's not. But you know, I just hear I see a lot of these people, and maybe it's just Twitter and 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 the stupidity of that uh, that people. Oh, I already know. I know already. Oh, it's not Zach Wilson can't do it. Can we give him a chance? Are you like, guys, I understand. You know, the team is five and three. You're saying give him a chance? Like, what other options do you have? I get it. Look, he can't continue to play like he did on Sunday. That is fair. But, you know, we're now going to be anointing Mike White on a a team that's five and three. I don't know. The more I think about it, I think everything's just getting overblown because of one really bad performance against a team that you always lose to. Yeah, but that's the problem. The problem was the three picks, Gordon. That was the yeah. issue. Oh, look, and they're okay. terrible. It, yeah. Each one of them was horrendously bad, and they're throws that he's made before, and he's gotten lucky on some throws so far this year that should have been picked off and weren't, that could have also been disastrous. I'm just saying you almost have to kind of go down with the ship with him this year. Yeah, because, you do. You got to see know, what you there's have. Not that, you know, I, I don't know that maybe at some point Mike White will get a chance. But they're not doing that on a five and three team. No, no, no. They're just doing that. Just to, they're just doing that. I think, I think, they're doing that to push him a little bit. Yeah, that's what they're doing it for to push him a little bit. Hey, listen, uh, he's getting more reps. We we know what's up with Flacco. Flacco is not not the guy that's going to push you out. We he understands that. We all know. We all know. But Mike White, maybe, maybe here's the guy. Listen, I'll I'll sit you down. You keep doing this. So maybe that's that's what they're doing. It. I can't wait to hear what Joe Douglas has to say about Zach Wilson. Going to hear from Joe Douglas. We got a couple of calls. We'll get to you in a second. Here's Joe Douglas on Zach Wilson. I think if you talk to Zach, I mean, I'm sure he'd he'd want three or four of those throws back from the game. But look, I mean, we have the ultimate faith in Zach, and since coming back from his injury, you know, the team's been four and one. 
with him as our starting quarterback. And, and that includes his first game, right, against against Pittsburgh, hostile environment. We're down double digits, and he brings us back to win that game. So we think the world of him. We think he's only going to continue to get better. Every young player has ups and downs. Every young player would want some plays back in the game. Um, it's not always perfect, but you know, Zach's made of the right stuff, and, and I know and I know he's going to bounce back and play well. Otherwise, you may be packing some boxes, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, uh, the quarterback is the number one thing you got to get right. So it's all great and well. You drafted this guy and you drafted that guy. If you, got, if you messed up the quarterback, you generally, GMs don't generally get to pick two quarterbacks Mm-mm. that high. Nope. 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 They generally don't. They generally don't. Hey, Joe Douglas, uh, why didn't you trade Elijah Moore? In any football family, there might be disagreements. But you know, I feel like we've had open, honest communication, and uh, I think I think we we decided well, I probably want to have you know empathy and see it from Elijah's point of view. Ultimately, we've got to do what's right for the organization as well, and so we've had open, honest communication and just and tried to hash things out. And I feel like we're in a much better place now. And you know, Elijah was on the field, had a great week of practice last week, and uh, you know he, he's going to be an asset for us moving forward. Did you try to trade him? No, not at all. I know coaches discussed it. Um, there's no chance that we were trading Elijah. All right, so I guess we'll be playing checkers with Denzel Mims until they find a way to get him <laughs> on the field. <laughs> they got to they gotta get him involved. They have more. to. They have to. They have to. They definitely do. He's a talented guy. He's shown he's shown what he can do. They just got the fit. You know what? It's it's crazy. They just. I don't know that they realize how many weapons they have. They're not used to having this this, this to be this deep. Gordon, it does not, not. It does not speak well to the offensive coaching staff that it they've doesn't. had games where they're throwing the ball fifty nine times with Joe Flacco, and now the thing with Elijah Moore. They're not getting them involved enough. I mean, come on, uh, we got. I mean, we're halfway through the season, guys. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, I tell you what, this will be a very important bye week for this team. After this week, Gordon, this is going to be very important. They really need to sit down, huddle up, and self-scout and really go back and, and make some decisions and make some adjustments as to what they're going to do coming out of the bye with the offense because, Gordon, listen, to be fair, they've got some winnable games coming out of the bye. Oh, know, they, this was This was the toughest stretch for their yeah, season yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, you know, that's they what – They got the Bills that's here. You, they got the Patriots. Yeah, yeah that, that's a tough spot. But, I mean, even when we were making it out – or not us, but other people were making it out like, you know, the start of the season was so brutal. They have to mm-hmm. face the, NA, the AFC North. The back half of the schedule, everyone thought the back half of the schedule was going to be far easier. And that's – if you could just kind of keep your head above water until that time. I think it's mm-hmm. like week 12 or something like that the way the schedule ends seems much more favorable. And if you can do that, well, then, you know, you get the Bears, you get the Lions. Do you get the Texans, too? I think they play I think the they Texans. Do. Yeah, I think they do. Although the Seahawks game was one that you thought was going to be winnable. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and that, and that one's in Seattle. Yes, and you know somebody's waiting for you to come there. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just looking at it now. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Talk about revenge games, right? <laughs> I'm looking at it now. The back half of the schedule isn't as favorable as it seemed like at the time. Now you get uh, after the after they come out of the bye. Or excuse me, they get the the um, the Bills this week. Right. Then they get the bye. Mm-hmm. Then they get the Patriots. Yeah. Okay, that's tough. 
But then they're home for the Bears. That's a winnable game. Mm-hmm. At the Vikings, that's a tough game. Tough game, yeah. Bills again, tough, tough game. And then you look at the last four, Lions at home, you should win that. Winnable. Jaguars at home, you should winnable. win that. Seahawks in Seattle, Dolphins in Miami. Two and two. You could be two and two in there. Yeah. So, so listen, they had to – most of us thought they had to win six, seven games, Gordon, for yeah. this season yes, to be successful. Absolutely. That was the bare minimum. They're going to win minimum. six at least. Okay. They're going to win so, seven almost certainly. Absolutely. So, if they go eight or nine, that's, that's a great season for them. Yeah. Considering the injuries considering the injuries and everything they've yeah. had, it's a great season for them. But everybody started getting playoffs on the mind. Well, absolutely. But, but you know, and listen, maybe they'll do better. But, yeah. well, um, look, nine wins we'll might get you in the playoffs. It might. Because right, so the they they North what, is not that great. They're five this and three year. right now. So they got to get four more wins. Yeah. Bears, Jaguars, Lions. That's eight. Mm-hmm. And then you got to pick off between the Bills, the Patriots, the Vikings, or the Dolphins. I don't think you're beating the Dolphins the second time. You oh usually split. If with they them. beat them again, Larry, I, I'm not coming. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I don't think they'll be. They always split. I'm going to go think walk the earth. It, it's. You know what it could be? How about this for a surprise? It might be. It might be, the second Patriots game. Because that's the one you don't expect. That's the one that's yeah. in New England, but it's yeah. coming off a bye. So you have a chance to do a bunch of different things that they yeah. haven't seen. You have a chance to really – you've got two weeks to prepare for them, and you've got to – you can put some things gotta, in that they, they haven't seen. one of these eventually. they got to eventually win. they got to eventually beat them. They have to. And that was a winnable game on Sunday. There's no question. That was there for them. Absolutely. And it's crazy. They play better on the road. They do play better on the road. They play better on the road. So that might be the one that, that surprises people. Just might be. Just might be the one that gets you the ninth win. You never know. Mm-hmm. Michael's in Queens. Hey, Michael, you're next on 98.7. Michael. Good evening. I hope you all had a very happy Halloween. I know I did. Lots of events. Great day for me. But before I get to the Nets, when Joe Douglas says they're making progress with Elijah Moore, Joe, do you hear the press conference Sunday? They asked him, they asked Elijah Moore about his chemistry with Zach. He says, I don't get the ball. How is that progress? You're not making progress with the man. When the guy says, I, I, I don't get the ball, I don't know, that's not progress. So you got to check the tape. And change your opinion. The Nets, you could now the new guy, possibly Ime Adoko, is he a better coach than Nash? Well, most people are. So that's improvement there. Better coach, better strategy, game plan, adjustments, substitutions. That's all fine and great. But there's still one elephant in the room, Kyrie Irving. You know, this team has so much talent that if they don't win a championship, it has to go down as one of the most talented teams not to win. I, I do like the coaching. That, that should give them, give, give them a bump. But it goes down to Kyrie. And he's not very coachable. And, you know, the coach could try and do things, but will they approve it? Will they go along with it? It's, you know, you, you, you could change the coach, change, but it's, when it's all said and done, Kyrie Irving is a cancer. They're not the Brady family, more like the Manson family, but uh, I just don't see them doing much. He's a mess, Kyrie Irving. It's until you fix that, but you can't. You can't trade him because uh, um, you get nothing back. Got to wait it out. One year contract, he's gone in the off year, and maybe trade Durant, but you're stuck. 
you're just stuck with this. You're right, Mike. You are stuck. And you're also right now stuck with Ben Simmons, who, oh, by the way, Gordon's oh. not playing again. The issue. And you know what? The, the more you think about bringing in Adoku, I mean, has he he hasn't even really s- dealt with any punishment as a result of the thing that he that happened in Boston. I know the details are murky, and we don't want to go mm-hmm. down that road. But he's basically sat out eight games. Yeah, well, I don't know how many games the Celtics coming back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's done. Uh, but, he's done I up mean, there. He's just gonna walk. I mean, the press that press conference is gonna be a disaster. It is. It really is. Oh my god! It really is. It really. As is. soon as they get done asking questions about himself, then they're gonna get to questions about Kyrie Irving. <laughs> oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Right. <laughs> I don't know if the they may have to have you may have to wait till game day to talk basketball. Oh my lord! <laughs> remember the one they had when they brought in Paul Pierce? Do you remember that one? Paul Pierce got yes. traded to Brooklyn, and he oh. looked like he wanted to be anywhere else in the world. That's right. Oh, he, did. he was near tears. He did. Hey, here, here's our new acquisition. Here's Paul Pierce. He's like, oh. He's like, they're telling me I got to go practice in Jersey, and I got to drive to Brooklyn. And oh, my God. Really this is. one might be worse. It has all. It's not going to be good. Oh, my Lord. It's not going to be good. And you, can't, and you can't put any restrictions on them. Can't do it because that's going to make it worse. Yep. Unless he says, well, it's still under, uh, no, it's not, can't still be under anything because you're not in, you're not, you're not there anymore. anymore. They're not investigating anything. Nope. They've done their investigation and they right. made their decision. I'm surprised the Celtics didn't get something back for him. Maybe they will. Maybe that might be the holdup because yeah, he's still maybe. under contract with them. They may, yeah. they may require you have a draft to get choice. something, right? It's a they couple of second round picks. Or, oh, well, I guess the Nets don't really have anything to give up. Well, they have to, they, they're they, going to they get a first something. round pick in 2037. And and that and that will be Boston's. <laughs> <laughs> that will be Boston's. Yeah. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Let's get back to the phones at one 919 Justin is in Long Island. Hey Justin, you're next. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, um, I think it's no surprise that Nash was fired, but I feel like it's just an embarrassment for the organization to go after Udoka. I mean, like Gordon was just saying, he served basically an eight-game suspension. Um, I mean, couldn't the league do anything about that? I mean, I like him as a coach, but obviously what went on, it's not obviously the right thing. We don't know the full story, but what? Uh, what couldn't the league get involved with that? Well, I think, uh, Justin, thanks for the phone call. And once again, you're right. We don't know all that went into it, but I think if there had been something of a, gosh, a more, a more, what's the word I'm looking for, Gordon? A more um, dangerous nature of something, sexual harassment or of that nature. Uh, and I don't know what it is, what it isn't, but I think if that was the case, maybe in that situation, the league would step in uh, but once again, not knowing what it is, you know, I guess it doesn't meet that criteria. Otherwise, I think the league would have stepped in by now. Yeah, it just doesn't like again, we don't know the details, but of the things that we do know. Something is not right. Right. Like here's a coach that took a team to the NBA finals in his first year. He essentially gets fired. He's still under contract to them. And then, you know, I don't know how many games the Celtics have played. I should have looked at that at the break. But, you know, seven games into the next season, he's able to move on to that next team and pick things right. I mean, something does not mesh there. Because And they made it clear. Boston has said we will not stop him from moving on. 
Yeah, it's a very weird situation. It is. It is. It is. It sounds and, and, like and given the Nets history of doing, you know, counterproductive things, <laughs> I feel like the wrongness of, of, of this is gonna end up being on the Brooklyn side of things. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh Corey's in Queens. What's up, Corey? Hello, gentlemen. It is Corey from Queens, the president of the Gordon Damon fan club. How there are you? you go. Corey, my man, where have you been? Man, I've been everywhere, man. I'm All working, right. I'm working, I'm not here trying to do it. There you um, go. Um, me, me and the other two members of the fan club, we're happy that your voice doesn't sound like Tone Loke anymore. We're happy I appreciate to have you that. Yeah, it was, it was a tough one to get over. I'm not going to lie to you, Corey. But you did power through it. I powered oh, through mm-hmm. it. I show up to work. That's what I do. <laughs> Indeed. I just wanted to touch on the Elijah Moore situation really quickly. Um, I don't really blame him because who wants to be running around for four or five games, not getting any touches, and then when contract time comes around, they see that you had ten touches in the last two years. It's like, what do you do? I yeah. completely understand the situation. The yeah, only thing that he did point. wrong was that he came out and made it known nice that he's not happy and and did it after a win and then got a redo on it and, and basically doubled down. He should have started it after the loss. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and if he had any confidence uh, in the fact that, that was going to come, you should have just waited until it came. And then you mm-hmm. then you can say, you know, what's going on here? Yeah, that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect Sunday. Oh, absolutely. The quarterback throws three interceptions. You say, look, man, I'm not getting the ball. That's I was the problem open. here. I was open. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was Don't open. blame me. Nah, you know, I could I could have made I could have helped you out. But you don't look for me. And then you add in, we have no chemistry because I don't get the ball. Then you add, that would have been perfect if you had just started it then. Yep. Timing is everything in life, Gordon. It really Youth is. is wasted on the young, Larry. Felix is in the Bronx. What's up, Felix? Hey, how you doing, guys? Listen about the Jets fans. They, they got to relax because they got to give this kid a chance. Because the thing is, they just throw me to the fire. Back in the days, you used to sit down be, behind the starting quarterback and you used to take notes. And two or three years, and then you were ready. But now in days, because they draft you, they throw you into the fire, and you got to perform. You just came out of college. You're not even playing in, a, in, in college. You're not playing in a big conference. You're not even facing the good teams. <laughs> so, you know, they got to relax. They got to give them a chance. I, I think he'll, he'll do good. Just give him a chance. You know, he's learning. This is, you know, taking small steps. They, they got to give him a chance. I hear you, Felix. Thanks I for the phone guys. call. I agree with you. I agree. They're, they're, and they're giving him a chance. They are giving him a chance. He's got they're his chance. Listen. He's got his chance. Now, what he does with it is up to him. And how he responds this week, Gordon, will tell you a lot about this young man. Absolutely. Against a, a far superior opponent, you might say the best opponent in the, in the entire sport. Yeah, definitely so. So, you know, he's he he's got to be better. That's all. Everybody has a bad game. And listen, Gordon, this Jet fan, these Jet fans, will forget about that game if he has a decent one this week, even if they lose. If he doesn't turn the football over and they put some points up on the board, they will look at him a little bit more favorably than they did last week. Good luck hope to so. him. Yeah. Good luck he's, to him. He's, you know. Because it's not going to be Say easy. your prayers and eat your vitamins, <laughs> my man. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight. With Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.